Hello, everyone. I'm so glad that you're joining us for our first in our Talking Taboos series. And uh, today we're going to be talking about life as a single and life after divorce. You know, I know they're not really taboos. They're kind of just things that we don't really talk about a lot. They're kind of uh, discussions that still we you know, they haven't had a place to be uh, talked about a lot. They've been uh, sort of just things that we don't get a lot of airtime on. And so we really want to talk about those things today. Now, following the service this morning, we're going to have communion. So if you need to get the elements ready, please be sure to do that. We'll give you a little reminder and we'll show you the instructions how you can join communion uh, after the service this morning. As well, don't forget next week is going to be daylight savings time. So you get to have an extra hour of sleep. And then for the next 24 hours on Instagram, we're going to be advertising next week's Talking Taboo, which is going to be on suicide. And if you have any questions that you would like addressed, please put them into the uh, Instagram feed and we are gonna try to address those when we do our um, Talking Taboo next Sunday. So this week in our studio, we have the pleasure of having Dr. Bob and Audrey Meisner here from Phoenix, Arizona. So hi, good morning. Hi. We're so glad to have you. Jim, good to be here. Now, what an honor it is to be with you guys. We're thrilled to have you. It would be nicer ah. if you were in person. But so Bob yeah. and Audrey, they have uh, their best-selling authors. They have a TV hosts. They've even been conference speakers. So some some people might have even seen you at our Calgary C3 conference. And yeah. I know oh, we that love you, uh, you know, you're kind of, you both have doctorates in ministry and are relationship specialists. And I know that you right. focus primarily on marriage, but really, uh, even as we were talking before, so mm -hmm. often the things that come up in marriage have to do with what it was as our life as a single or mm -hmm. our life as a result of actually yeah. having gone through yeah. a broken yeah. marriage, right? Well, and you come mm -hmm. highly recommended to talk to our singles today by oh, C3 Vancouver. You. They said you had a session with their singles, which are... Yeah. Not like 19-year-old singles so much, but more like professionals. And so, you know, probably the question that's on most singles' minds is, you know, what do I have to do to get married, sort of, in a way? That's kind of yeah. what they're wanting yeah. to how do. do. How do I, right? Isn't that the first yeah. thing they're wondering is, yeah, yeah, yeah. how do I find a maid? How do I find a spouse? You know, do yeah. I go online? So I turn it over to you. How how are they going to find this special somebody? Well, I think I think in many ways... Not all single people want to get married. That's right. true. And yet, Very and yet true. they, and yet they do. And so they're kind of caught in in, in feeling in the middle, mm -hmm. almost as though there's a stigma that comes from the church, as though I'm incomplete if I'm not married. Correct. And I what a fallacy so. that is. Mm -hmm. Yes. And uh, and so uh, what we find is that in order to be a really happy married person. Mm -hmm. The best remedy is to be a happy single person. Yeah. Don't yeah. wait yeah. to get married to be happy because it just mm -hmm. won't work. Yeah, I feel like, and I, but I actually did write some stuff down knowing this question because it's not like Bob and I have been looking for a spouse, but I really feel like uh, when you, if you're looking for a spouse, I think you need to start asking really good questions. And so, so I would love, I think when we ask the right questions, we'll get the right answers. So what questions should they be asking? Well, what the question I was going to do is, do I feel content and satisfied in life? Because I think it's if you're waiting for anything in life until you're married, I think that we need to just make a great big pivot and say, I'm not going to wait. I no longer have to wait for anything to start feeling completely content 
and satisfied. I'm not going to wait in my career, in my ministry goals, in my life goals. I'm going to full on enjoy everything it means. And and, and that's just in the physical or the um, habits, but on a more deeper level, do I feel content and satisfied in my heart? Because I can't think of a more important question for all of us to ask, married or single, is that am I relying on someone else to be my source or I am, am I absolutely complete in so Jesus? Am you, I waking up content? Do you think if, if you desire to be married, though, that that means that you're not content if you aren't married? So say you have no. a desire to get married. Good question. Right? Good question. Yeah, yeah. No, because then contentment is contingent on my external circumstances. True. And contentment comes really from a place of, of my heart. So mm-hmm. put me anywhere you want in the world, and I, I can be content. Mm-hmm. And so if it's contingent upon a spouse or being married, then I become a user in that relationship. Now I'm a taker rather than a giver. Mm-hmm. And so contentment is, is really, I think, something that every individual, person, every yeah, person. married or single, yeah. needs to discover. And that's being a satisfied one. Mm-hmm. Because where there is relational issues, challenges, uh, relationship breakdown, uh Again, single married, typically someone is being selfish and it's usually you. Mm-hmm. So Ouch. You'll, you'll catch that later. <laughs> yeah. But you see, what we have found is that the act, actually the opposite of being selfish is learning and experiencing and being truly satisfied. Mm-hmm. When I'm satisfied, I'm not in lack. I'm not longing. I'm not yearning. I'm, I don't feel like I'm in lack anymore. And I become a satisfied one. And that is healthy for all persons, single yeah. or married. And I actually think that developing your self-worth, like your absolute complete identity in Jesus, it's it, it, this is not just a pat answer. It, with all the marriage issues we deal with, mm-hmm. if people can deal with being so content and just absolutely satisfied knowing that they are a treasure they are absolutely a gift to this world. They know if you as a single person start to develop and know the song that you're born to sing on this earth, then how much more will you be able to make harmony with the next song when you know your note? You know, and so I think that being content and happy is the first but thing. But you, you can still desire to be married and still be content, right? The, the fact that you have a oh, desire yes. for that doesn't mean that you're discontent. Oh, absolutely yes. not. You're, you're, you're good question. And that's an absolute. And I also think that um, a good question is how can I prepare to move forward with someone else? And I think I was thinking about this preparing for today. And I really hope this, this is a divine appointment for people, but just in general, if you're looking to find someone, just pat answer, get out of your comfort zone once a week, like do something new you've never done before, whether that's a new habit a new thing you eat. I'm talking about just do new things because that just gets you out of ruts right. when you do new things. Kind of like, postures you for some expectation, right? And yeah, some adventure. exactly. Like listen to new podcasts, do, make new habits and make it normal to do new stuff. Because if you get, if you start doing new stuff all the time, you're going to start getting onto that, that pathway I think, I think, people. you know, even observing, like, especially if you, once you get a little later on and you haven't found a spouse, I think it's harder yeah. because you get more set in your ways. Right. And yeah. so mm-hmm. that's probably a really good practical thing for people to do. Is... That was just more my practical thing. Yeah. I, I love, <laughs> I mean, my, I'm such a heart, heart person. Like I really feel that you, what you believe in your heart, 
you attract your life. And if you believe yourself to be, you know, completely fulfilled and satisfied in God and not needy, I think you're just going to be like a magnet and, and, and you're just, and just being at rest that, yeah, I totally want to get married one day, but I'm so at peace and I'm so at rest that I am really trusting. I'm not begging God. I'm actually trusting him. And that is a concept that's real. <laughs> so do you think, I mean, I often hear people, uh, we've had a lot of singles, you know, in our locations and in our area, and they'll often say, well, you know, I, I believe that there's a, a special someone I'm waiting for kind of thing. Do you believe that yeah. there's a one-time soulmate that they should be waiting for? No. Yeah, I don't. No, how's that for an answer? No, <laughs> <laughs> that was really <laughs> yeah, because, yeah. That one that was real, so profound. Yeah. Uh, there's a, a a statement, and it says, "Are you the one? The one you're looking for is looking for." And so, if you're constantly looking for that one, okay, my, I I just want to turn that upside flip down. Yeah, flip just it. flip it and just mm -hmm. say, "Are you the one?" the one you're looking for is looking for. Now I take personal responsibility for me mm -hmm. rather than just, you know, I mean, there's, there are so many people in this world, you know, and so many now, you know, uh, uh, dating, ways to meet them. yeah, ways to meet them, you know, websites, <laughs> yeah. all these kinds so of every variety <laughs> is out there. Yeah. And yeah. so it really does come down to a choice. And I think a lot of times we want to super possibly, yeah, hyper-spiritualize it. And it's just like, no, their love continually. I mean, as soon as you get married, yeah. uh, you're going to have to make a choice yeah. Yeah. To, to bring value to this other person. Right. And right. Uh, just because they're the one yeah. uh, doesn't make them extra special. Right. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't make it all. So what do you think yeah. about online dating? I think it's absolutely wonderful. I think that if you're doing all the, I think it's a, a whole world is that you're- It was something we knew nothing we about. We didn't even know this was a <laughs> yeah, possibility. Yeah. And you know what? Guess what? I've seen it go, go, I've seen it go off the rails terrible and I've seen it gone absolutely amazing. Yeah. And that's why we can't just judge. We have to go, I keep going back to the heart, but I believe that you will attract someone that matches your self-worth. So when you develop your self-worth and you know your own peace in your life, uh -huh. you're going to, it's like this invisible um, underlying magnet thing where you're going to find someone that matches the, your self-worth. Because if you get people that don't match as far as them developing their self-worth, the relationship will crumble because you don't want to compromise yourself to be with somebody else. Well, and especially once you've got a little older, you've done, hopefully yeah. you've done some work on yourself. And exactly. so if you find someone who yeah. hasn't wanted to actually address some of those insecurities in their own life, yes. then you feel like, you know, this probably, you know, we're not going to be able to build anything here. See, I can tell right now that, see, now I'm, I'm almost hearing this. I'm like, oh my gosh, Kim, I'm very attracted to you right now. Like you're a cool <laughs> girl. I want to be your friend because I can just even one or two lines and I can feel from you that you do deal with matters of the hearts and you, the matters of your heart. You do ask yourself the tough questions and you I'm not sure I was asking myself those in my twenties though. I'm not sure no, that I was no. asking. Yeah. Well, exactly. Right. But we can, for everyone watching twenties, thirties, however old you are, 
you know, I think another good question is, am I being wise? Because sometimes we go into this whole right or wrong. Is online dating right or wrong? Is this person right or wrong? Is this the right or wrong? Mm-hmm. But the scripture... And then, and, then, and then you run through all kinds oh, of personality tests. Right. Yes. Now you're... Now, now, Compatibility. Yeah, you're yeah. compared, you know, and you're checking this person out, this and that, because I don't want to make a, a bad choice. Right. Well, the whole thing is, is you got to make a choice. That's yeah. right. I and, agree. And so... Uh, best to know yourself mm-hmm. more than anything, mm-hmm. rather than trying to figure out the other person, be that person. Yeah. And I actually, it's so interesting, this, the um, conversation with this way, because I think the majority of scripture is not about right or wrong. It's more about foolish versus wise. Wisdom. Very good. Right? That's very mm-hmm. good. And I think it's also scripture talks about pleasure versus pain. And if we've had bad relationships, we know that, oh my gosh, we're going to avoid pain. We want to move towards pleasure because some people are single because they've been burned and they've been broken hearted. And you know what? I think Jesus healing our broken heart gets us to a place where we can now have a belief where a, a, a relationship with the opposite sex is pleasurable. And some people can't say that without going, uh, no. Right. So then you've got to go to that belief of heart and say, God, I need some healing here because scripture mm-hmm. talks about broken hearts and I want to move into the next relationship with a healed heart. Mm -hmm. So check your belief system. Do you believe that a relationship with the opposite sex could result in something absolutely beautiful and, and, and life transforming for both of you? So think about pleasure versus pain. And, and, and I, I don't know that pain is something that pain is not absent from relationships either though. No, right. No. So not it's, not. it's right. not an either or. No right. no. right. But, but, but in the, the natural makeup of, 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 of uh, us, just our natural makeup mm-hmm. is, is to that run we, <laughs> sorry about that, is that we will always move towards the perception of pleasure versus mm-hmm. the perception of pain. Okay. And again, that, that really is your perception. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, again, unless we really allow the Lord to heal our heart, we'll mm-hmm. just continue that cycle again. Mm-hmm. So True. Uh, again, if, if, if I was in a bad relationship, if I don't deal with me mm-hmm. and the woundedness of my heart, mm-hmm. I will step right back into an identical relationship and yeah. it's only a matter of time until it, it happens again. Yeah, it repeats for sure. I, I had I had a scripture ready because it's oh, church. Good. I'm so excited. <laughs> Proverbs, Proverbs 22, about, remember I was talking about foolish and wise? Yes. And it says a prudent or wise person with insight can foresee danger coming and prepares for it. But the senseless run blindly forward and then they suffer the consequences. Yes. So this is part of just, you know, really having the wisdom rather than the right or wrong. It's not about do I online. I think we need to ask the right questions. Like not is online dating right or wrong or am I supposed to go here or there? No, no, no. Follow the wisdom when you're developing your heart and your character and yourself and your self-worth and your best friends with Jesus. He is going to walk with you and lead you to these places. And in the meantime, because you have Jesus as your best friend, he's going to be your confidant and you aren't going to be lonely because, you know, you truly are satisfied Mm -hmm. in him. What about involving other people that, you know, singles as they tend to age, people like to set Mm -hmm. them up, right? And, uh, (laughs) 
<laughs> I mean, that's kind of a big deal. I have a friend, you know, who has oh. a daughter, who has a son. Um, what do you think about other people who tend to get involved in trying to matchmake? Well, I, I, I wrote down a little quote, you know, today I was, you know, thinking about this. And a lot of times, you know, the church is seen as a matchmaking machine. And it's just like, well, you know, that's not really what I'm looking for. I'm looking for community. I'm looking for a place of belonging, you know. And so is there something wrong with me because I am single? Because, you know, singleness isn't a disease with marriage right. being the cure. Right. Very good. And that so, was good. I got the chills when you said you, that. Yeah. And <laughs> okay. and so, you know, if, if we... <laughs> If, if you want to make make match make, I don't. Yeah. I'm not sure that because then they're always look. They're always being seen. If you're single, then yes. you're always being seen as someone who's deficient, or you haven't arrived yet, or yeah, yes. you haven't arrived yet. Mm -hmm. You know, because the natural progression is. And so, if if I'm not married, then there must be something wrong with me. Yeah, and and that couldn't be further from the truth. No, and so. Uh, yeah, I mean, I I believe that safety in community, mm -hmm. absolutely. Yeah. You know, if if uh, if you're a single and and you don't come from necessarily a real healthy home environment, yeah. boy, you you want the wisdom of yes. others, you know, mm -hmm. around. You know, you want the you know uh, community and the friendships mm -hmm. uh, to be able to so be be able to speak safety, you know, mm -hmm. uh, for you uh, because. Uh, you know, it's not that love is blind. It, it's infatuation. That makes you blind. Right. Can I, and I want to say on this whole matchmaking thing, I think that half the people were matchmade. Come on. When it gets down to it, like I think of my, our daughter got married a couple of years ago. We have, we have an older son who's older. He's, he's getting old to me because he's 35 this year. So we have a 35 year old single son and we, and two of our kids are married. So we have another single young kid, but anyway, so we have the mixture in our family as yes. well. And so um, our daughter was matchmade. She was, she met a friend who said, you know what? I have a friend and it, it like her, her and her husband are amazing together. And I'm so grateful because she would not have found him any other way. And he's such a gift to our family right. and we're a gift to him. It's, it's win-win, right? Well, I and, think often for the introvert, it's a little bit more difficult too, right? Or it's not, yes. not, but uh, they're a lot more cautious often uh, as far as integrating in circles and people. And so sometimes it, they really lean towards the matchmaking thing. Uh, and you know what I can say about quiet people or people that are maybe more of an introvert is that let's be aware of how others are experiencing us because we are all very different in our communication goals. And 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 Bob and I are both, we, we actually wrote an ebook called My Communication Goals because we didn't know how others were experiencing us because we both aren't safe. We have four different communication goals. We have how you want to feel. Some people want to feel liked. Some people want to feel right. Some people want to feel in control and some people want to feel safe. Well, feeling safe is not, is completely foreign to Bob and I. Well, you can ask us any questions all day long and we won't take it personally and we, we love it. Yeah. But we found out that there's people very different, including our own daughter, that we were misunderstanding because every time someone asks her a personal question, she feels invaded and she doesn't feel safe. And when we started to learn that, oh, other people are experiencing me this way, Very good. asking questions is not always the most loving thing. Like when you see a, a person in church and go, so have you met anyone yet? Are you dating yet? 
if you're a safe person in your communication goal, you're feeling attacked yeah. by that. And invaded instead probably. Of love. And probably like, invaded. oh, I got a guy I want you to meet. And meanwhile, they're feeling attacked by that. So we need to be aware of other people and learn each mm-hmm. other's communication goals. So if somebody wanted to read that ebook, where would they find it? Uh, bobandaudrey.com under okay. products. Okay. Yeah, Just Bob free... and Audrey, not Meisner. Bob and Audrey. Nope. Okay. No, Bob and spell uh, out A-N-D Audrey. Com. And okay. under products, it's a free ebook. And I just, it's called My Communication Goals. And it just helps for helping to be aware of your blind spots right. and just really being able to connect. And it really could help with dating and meeting people because we often are attracted to someone who's very different than us. Right. And then you can, you, you know, kind of where maybe you're going to be where you said your weaknesses or where you're kind of yeah. vulnerable. It doesn't mean that you change. It just means awareness helps kind of Yes. You know, facilitate those. See what I'm talking about, Kim? You are so wise. Like, why don't we just hang out all the time? You're well, you good. know, Phoenix would be great to go there, except yeah. for, yeah. you know, this funny little thing called COVID that has, you know, we, yeah. I you know. know, separated I know. us all. So, I Bob, what you. do you think if somebody doesn't want to ever get married? Like, there's people who are quite content to, I don't, I don't really care if I ever get married. So what's the question? Well, if they say, like, I, I'm happy being single. I'm happy for you. Okay, that's yeah. good. <laughs> yes, please. I, I mean that that you know that's First Corinthians you know seven. Yeah. You know, and uh, in it it actually says there uh, it's for those that really can't control themselves sexually. You better get married. Yeah. Everyone else. You know, is probably everyone better. Everyone else is better. Yeah. It's better to be single. And yeah. so, so I mean, for all you horny people, deal with it. Jesus, yeah. <laughs> Jesus was else. single. You know. Uh, um, he was only 33 uh, though when he died. So, I mean, you know. yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but still, yeah, I uh, know I, I, um, being single, man, I, I, I congratulate you. That's, yeah. that's awesome. There's so much more that you can do for Isn't me. For me, I have a household. I have children. My expenses are high. <laughs> uh, you know, you I have, get distracted I have, to, I have other manage. responsibilities. Yes. And I believe that single people are an absolute gift to the mm-hmm. body of Christ, you know, because all of us are called to be disciples. Mm-hmm. You see, all of us are called to be followers. Mm-hmm. And so for me, as a follower of Christ, I have other distractions that aren't, you know, necessarily bad, but they are a responsibility. Right. Mm-hmm. And so as a husband and as a father, I have those responsibilities that I, I really need to care for. Mm-hmm. As a single person, they are far more free right. and don't carry the, the same responsibilities so that I have. Yeah, that doesn't disqualify a single person from anything. It, you know, I think it qualifies them more than I do. Right. Well, it, they, it probably does qualify them in some things. Yes, absolutely. Now, now if we had to, you know, not that either like not that any of the three of us are unmarried or single but if we had to speak and say something to people on behalf of singles what do you think singles wish that non-singles knew is there a statement that you think like what do you think they knew okay say that again if sorry yeah, like, I, I miss, got I okay so say one more time. what can we communicate to others on behalf of singles 
Oh, oh yeah. get over the whole idea yeah. that you're less than or that they haven't arrived because yeah. people have this whole thing in our culture, our society, our fame and fortune and our something's picture, wrong with something me about, if I'm single, if I'm picture perfect, it's yep. like, you guys, can you just get over yourselves and be okay with I'm being single because I'm fine with it. Can you guys be okay with this? That's what I would say if I was single, right? I would right. say, can you guys just please get over it? And, yeah. if I, and don't ask me questions I'm not asking. If I'm not asking you to set me up with your nephew, then just don't. You right. know. Well, that's good. I remember even with one of my daughters who's a bit of an introvert, her saying to me when she was in grade six, and I was trying to get her to hang out with some friends, Mom, do you need me to have friends? Because I don't need to have friends. Like, do you need me I to have it. friends? I love it. Right. So I love right. it. Maybe, right. maybe I need you to have friends, you know? Yeah. And she's yeah. always been kind of a one friend person. That's, you know, yeah. how she didn't need Love a bunch her. of people. And Love I was her. like, you know what? We who tend are you going to invite your birthday party if you don't have more friends? Yeah. I don't, <laughs> I and why aren't you like me? Yeah. And that's what we tend to think. We right. have agendas for people to follow our dreams and be like us. And we need to just get over that yeah. because very it good. just makes us controlling and not very attractive yeah. to anyone. Around but then I also have, you know, singles in my life. And I do feel their pain of singleness. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. You know, where they would really desire to yes. be married. Yes. And so, um, yeah, to be really sensitive, you know, around them. And, but then also to, the, to allow them to be a part of everything that we do. Yeah. And, yeah. and it's not that they are in a singles group, you know, or they're, you know, a part of that. But no. We're, we're community. We're family right. together, yeah. all of us. And there's a place for you to belong. Yeah. And for mm -hmm. the married, you know, uh, couples not to be afraid or view them as a threat. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, they're a gift. Mm -hmm. And so. And why do all our parties have to be in even numbers? Like, why does it have to be couples? That we'll invite three couples over. Right. right. Like, right. come on, you guys. Let's just broaden. I our think it's because if you invite two singles, it looks like you're trying to set them up. Right. Right. Yeah. So invite but if three it's singles. an odd number, what, what happened? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But why don't we mix and match a little bit here, yes. people? We don't always have to yeah. have couples. Very good. Okay, so we're going to kind of wrap up our life as a single. And you've okay. got some ebook. You have some resources that they can go to. Bob, tell me what the website is again. BobandAudrey.com. Okay, and there's some free ebooks there. We're going to take a break, go to a worship song, and then we're going to come back and we're going to talk about life after divorce. So uh, tune in and stay tuned. Don't tune in, stay tuned, and we're going to uh, mm -hmm. go over to a video clip of some worship. Hello, and welcome back to Life After Divorce. We have uh, Dr. Bob and Audrey Meisner with us, and they were just sharing on life as a single, and we're going to just do a little segment on life after divorce. Back to you, Bob and Audrey, and um, mm. we're so glad that we, you know, could have that little discussion about singleness, but, you know, after, you know, we, we live in a real world where divorce is taking place. It's not a matter of whether it's right or wrong uh, mm. that we're talking about. We're just talking about how do I survive? How do I move on after mm. divorce? And yeah. so... I'm gonna. To I'm gonna. Day. That's the question they want to know, right? How do I move yeah. on? How do I get past this? Yeah, I. I again, the the pains of divorce. Uh, nobody really knows unless you've been there, mm -hmm. and so the pains of divorce are very, very real, and the ripple effect, you know, it it, it extends, 
and you know it, it affects you it affects children it affects families it you know friends it affects community so mm -hmm. the pain of divorce is very very real and so when you take a look at the individual it's almost as though it's a living death you know it, mm -hmm. it, i've heard it in so many different ways it would be much easier if it was an actual death you know to have lose to lose mm -hmm. you know uh a love that you really thought would be a forever love. Yeah. And so it is a, a, a living death, you know, that so many are experiencing. And so to move um, beyond isn't just that quick, nor is it that easy. So, it really is a challenge. So I would love to approach this question from both a heart point of view and a practical point of view, because I think both are valid and both are important. So I would like to talk about it, approach it from the heart point. Of, and when I say heart, I mean the healing that comes from a broken heart and the grief mm. and the process of grief after divorce and knowing I, I encourage people after divorce, um, first of all, to really just study the process of grief and allow yourself all to those grief. layers. We don't get into all of them right now, but it's easy to Google just the steps of grief and allow yourself, you know, the anger, but then it was so interesting. My little boy, when he, our youngest, when he was about five years old, we were talking about emotions and he, I was, he was asking the difference between sadness and madness. That's what he said. And he said, I feel like you can't get over madness until it turns to sadness. Like out of the mouth of babes, it yeah. was so profound. And I've just used, I've just seen that in so many people when it comes to grief, you are mad because this was not the life story you wanted. This was mm -hmm. not, this is the opposite. No one got married to make each other miserable or right. to not understand each other's pain or to hurt each other mm -hmm. in the extreme way that leads to a divorce. And, but that madness has to turn to sadness because then we can invite Jesus to come in and heal our broken hearts. But if we're mad, we can't get healed. We, have, we have to have that stage. Does that right. make sense? Yes. Because and so Jesus from, has promised that that's what he'd do, right? He would mend the that? broken heart. Jesus has promised he would mend the broken heart, right? Exactly. So what I'd like to just really be, be practical on a heart level when it comes to shame, because even though I have not um, experienced a divorce, I have experienced public ridicule with this, this scandal that happened, you know, 20 years ago with my mom, my parents, their Christian TV ministry. I had an affair. I told Bob about it. And now I'm pregnant as a result of the affair. The baby won't mm -hmm. look like the other children. My family's busted up, jacked yep. up, and it's all my fault. And that's just a lot of life story that I would not have written into my book. Right. So, right. And so I do understand shame. And I, that's what I wanted to talk about from this angle, because divorce can sometimes put that scarlet letter on, just like I'm the adulterer, you know, and I need to he get healed. I got a label. Same with sometimes that happens with divorce. Now I'm labeled. Now that's part of my label that I have to mm -hmm. bear. And, do you, and do you feel that that label is something that you have to wear, that it, you can't have it removed, that it's, see, it's that, kind of I, my, that is, my consequence? Kim, I just love your question so much. Like, why aren't I always with you? You're amazing. <laughs> okay, perfect question. And I encourage people, if this is where they're at, to actually do an exercise that I love to do with people that we can do right now. It'll just take a minute. And that is to close your eyes. And imagine what it would feel like to wear 
an actual cloak of shame. What does it look like? What color is it? What does it feel like? And what is the label? You know, spineless, fool, whatever it is that that label has been, the worst name that you call yourself, stupid, mm. on, you know, whatever that is. And then as you're wearing that, just repeat after me and just say, Jesus, and then where are you right now? And see him person-sized in front of you and see the expression on his face and his smile. And as you experience his smile, his smile says it all. And then you just say, Jesus, today is my day where I am done. I know that you mm -hmm. died for my sin and my shame. I'm ready to be, can you please take this cloak from me? And then see yourself. And I did this, Kim. I'm not doing this because I read in a book. I experienced this with Jesus where I, after two years of just extreme hardship and judgment and, and, and ridicule and all of that stuff from people on the, in the outside world, I had an experience with, with Jesus where I saw myself in with, with a beautiful robe of, of righteousness and he restored my innocence in a moment. What a wonderful in, face to face with Jesus. And I know if he can do it for me when he restored mm -hmm. my innocence and I wore this beautiful white robe of righteousness, that cloak of shame had no, nowhere. It could never come back on. There's not a chance because I treasure this righteousness of Jesus that he paid for. And our own righteousness is like filthy rags. Our own perfect marriages. Those are like right. filthy rags. Yes. But who Jesus says we are, and that's that heart healing where I see myself the way uh -huh. he sees me. And he's the only one that's allowed to tell me who I am. And he doesn't call me spineless. He doesn't call me a fool. Very good. Yeah. He calls yeah. me bold. He calls me beautiful. He calls me wise daughter. He calls me innocent. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you can stores. feel it even yeah. over the TV. You yeah. can feel how real this is for me and why I'm so passionate about helping people to take the labels off of their life. Because if I can live free with a, with a public scandalous ridicule, then I believe anyone can li live free. And I do have to, for those who don't know our story, we did have our baby and Bob gave this baby boy his name and he's mm. upstairs right now. He's 19 years old and we're all love each other. You know what I mean? I yeah. want to, but, but it's just, it, that's the other part of the story, but the important part of your story is in your heart. What mm. happens in your own mm. heart. So too often people don't take those labels off, right? I mean, you, those and, you, they'll live a lifetime with you. Other people may put them on me. They could like yeah. right now, someone might be, but because other people will judge you by your worst mistake, your stupidity, and all that. Some people will. But and we, we put, just... Some of those we put on ourselves as well, don't you think? Because we perceive... percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're both. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, because you've experienced or participated with something in your life that you never dreamed you're even capable of. Yeah. You know, people don't get married to, to make each other miserable that it would end in a divorce. Right. right. So all of a sudden here you are living with brokenness. Well, then what's wrong with me? And if there's nothing wrong with me, then I have to project all of that anger and that blame on the other person. And it's all your fault. And, and so there's this horrible cycle that we get ourselves in where either I'm, I'm, I'm so broken and I'm, I'm 
so uh, worthless mm -hmm. that all of a sudden anything that anyone would ever say about us, we'd say, yeah, I deserve that. Yep, I did that. It's not even so much as what I did, but it it all uh, it eventually evolves into now that's who I am. Right. You yeah. see, it's yeah, not, like, it's, I'm, I'm it's not just what I did, but now it's now it's who I am. So I'm deserving of it. So mm -hmm. what I believe in my heart about myself, I continue to attract to my life further evidence and it, just to validate that what I believe is true. Like I'm and incapable so, of being married happily. Like yeah. if you're like we have these belief systems if you've been through a divorce. Right. And because, so it eventually just keeps going around and around. Which is the very reason if somebody, you know, has been divorced, they're afraid often to get remarried, thinking, yes. why is it going to end any different? Right. And I'm incapable. See, it's that label that you mentioned, Kim, that you label yourself. I'm incapable. I'm not good at relationships. I'm incapable of being happily married. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I screw things up. You know, whatever it might be. And those are those are the things where you, that encounters with Jesus, where we don't just read about Jesus because knowledge or information will not heal your heart, but an experience with Jesus is, yeah. is what heals your heart. Mm -hmm. And that's why Bob and I dedicate our lives in therapy, helping people do some of the exercises like that was just the beginning, but to experience Jesus, which you don't have to come to a session. You, you did that today. Like whoever did that, they can do that today. And the right. trauma is over. It doesn't take a big session like Jesus is amazing and he is ready to meet everyone to heal those beliefs, your broken heart. Yes. But also the beliefs in your heart. That's your choice. You have to decide mm -hmm. that I'm going to invest in writing the truth about who I am on my heart. Mm -hmm. And do, do you think even Bob, you know, when you've been betrayed, then it's easy to blame the person who has betrayed you and not, but then there there's still issues in your own self, right? Like even though you maybe weren't the one that had, um, you know, Audrey's the one that had the affair, but you still probably had to address some issues personally about yourself, even if you could have said, well, it was all her fault, right? More, more than I was willing to admit. <laughs> yes, lots, lots and lots. But here's, here's the beauty. I, I, I had a, a very mm. dear man in my life uh, Ron Henry and and uh, he hired me as a, as a television producer for him, godly man. And he'd come around and he'd put his big hand on my shoulder and he said, "You're going to be all right." And I was at home pregnant with. And I'm family. like, no, no, I, I don't think I'm going to be all right. No. You know, I I really don't. And uh, my my pastor said to me one day, he says, "Bob, one day you're going to be thankful for this." And I'm I'm just like, like, what are you stupid? You know, like thankful that my wife had an affair, thankful that she's been impregnated by somebody else, thankful. Like, I mean, you're crazy. But I'm here today to be able to say I'm one of the most grateful people you may ever meet. Thankful that it happened? Not really, because it was painful. Mm -hmm. yeah. It was wrong on every level. Mm -hmm. But I was willing to deal with me. And mm -hmm. as a result, I'm mm -hmm. a different person today. Yeah. I'm not who I was 20 years ago. And, and I, I had to take some really hard steps to deal with me. And so again, it's never about hanging blame saying, Oh, you know, you, and, and dividing it up. Oh, mm -hmm. you did this and you did yeah. that. And, and, and trying to find some sort of balance, you know, it, it was wrong on every level, never, ever should have happened. Did I have a, a contributing role to it? Yeah. 
Yeah, I think absolutely. Uh, did Was I the cause of it? No. Uh, did I play a role? Yes. You know, because we always have our own decisions. Mm-hmm. Right. And what we'd rather do is is not be responsible for our, our, our own decisions and blame somebody else for it. Mm. And so I really had to take a, a good hard look at me and recognize the deficiencies in my life, not mm-hmm. just in being a husband, but also in being a father. I knew that I had a limited capacity for love. In order to, you know, welcome this innocent child into my home, I had to deal with me mm-hmm. because th- this child's innocent and doesn't deserve to be raised by an angry father. Right. Mm-hmm. Therefore, I have a deficiency of love. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that was a real process mm-hmm. for me, as it should be for all of us mm-hmm. to be able to experience the mm-hmm. extravagance of God's love. Mm-hmm. And when we are, we're radically transformed. Mm-hmm. Very good. Very good. Now, do you feel like that's an ongoing process for you even now? Or do you feel like, you know, you're like, it's not something that you think about once your son was born or. Again, the, the incident. Okay. The crisis moment you'll forever remember. Like the divorce. We're talking about the divorce. You know, the divorce, the separate, you'll always remember it. Okay. But then the question is, is what power does it have in your life? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, the memory is there, but is the power been broken? Mm -hmm. And so as as you heal through this, Mm -hmm. then uh, it's just like as though, yeah, it was an event. Was it painful? Oh, yeah, it was very, very painful. But does it have the power where it's driving your life and where your past is dictating your future? Mm -hmm. And so there really is that journey to wholeness. Now, for all of us, you know, being Christ followers, I'm continually, you know, the, the two wonderful, wonderful words is one of repentance and then one of faith. And what a glorious day when I'm able to repent. Yes. What those a, are good what days. What a yes. wonderful good day. Yeah, I love when those I, days. Now that's, now that's a real church word. Yeah. But the whole, the whole idea is that I have a change of direction. There's Mm -hmm. a turning that happens with me. There's something that goes on within my mind where all all of a sudden there's a turning Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden I'm seeing things differently Mm -hmm. and I change the actual course of my life. You know, that's my repenting. And it's like I was going this way and it's just like, no, that's not going to take me to where I want to go. And so there's a repentance, but then there's a faith. And that faith, is an expressed trust. And and as I get to know Jesus more and more every single day, Mm -hmm. he brings more value to my life. And because he brings value to my life and and he is the one, he really is my source, then I press in and I trust Mm -hmm. him even more and more and more. As Jesus invited his disciples, he just simply, I I see it in such a a wonderful way where he would just kind of walk by and uh, and he would just simply smile at him and say, hey, come follow me. Well, I I get, I have that opportunity every Mm. single day. Come follow me. I love it. And if you, and that's so good. And if you, and if you're still blaming the other person, then you're not ready for healing yet. And, yeah. and and when people come to us for healing and if all they're doing is talking about what the other person did, I have to look at them and I say, 
you know, I am so sorry for what that person did yeah. for you. It wasn't it was fair. Real. That yeah. was so wrong how you were used and abused yes. and mistreated yes. hurt. And I'm so sorry for that. And I would love to help you. So when you're ready to, to really move, stop talking about that and start saying, I'm ready to experience Jesus because we can't give mer- It takes mercy to forgive someone. And if, oh. unless you feel full of God's mercy yourself, just filled right mm-hmm. to the top, and it overflows, then it can overflow onto that person who mistreated you and misused you and abused you. And and then you can let that go and it'll stop having that power that it does in your life. I mean, as long as we're looking for some sort of vindication, then we're not we're not ready. So vindication how, is God's. Yeah. 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 He will be Vengeance the one that vindicated. Vengeance is mine, says the Lord. Right. Are we really Bob, I loved your 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 faith. Yeah. I loved your thing, express trust. Right. Do we mm-hmm. trust God to do the vindicating? I, even if we have to remind ourselves that that is going to take place, right? <laughs> so, yeah. so if you have somebody who's been divorced or maybe they're in process of being divorced, but they believe that God's going to reconcile their marriage and he's going to restore it, or even their, their marriage is busted up and it's finally, you know, it's finalized, it's divorced. How long do they wait believing that God is going to restore something when it looks like the other person has moved on and definitely it's only one-sided, that belief? Yeah. Good question. There are great, great groups out there. You know, um, Covenant Keepers is one of them. And I mean, those are really wonderful. And uh, but there is a place where all of a sudden, I mean, if if you're going to stand, you know, for the healing and, and restoration of your marriage, then you do it for you. And, and it's and it's not that you do it in manipulation of the other person. And so, you know, if it's if it's something that you honestly feel that God's asking you to do, then you do it for you, okay? And you don't uh, impose that on others. This is something that I honestly do, you know, feel. Then mm-hmm. there is a grace. There's a grace that comes from God, an enablement for him, for you to be able to stand that way. Yeah. But you don't stand as a victim, you very know? Good. And, That's very and good. So, and so within that, you need yeah. to stand whole and strong because if you stand incomplete because of what the other one did to you, then you're still blaming. So I, I have to take responsibility for me. And if they're not unwilling to return to the marriage or even if they've married on to someone else, I'm still responsible for me. And I'm not going to continue to blame others mm. and, and, you know, jack up my spirituality because, you know, I'm standing, you know, and for you, the marriage. And you don't put all your focus and intention on that whenever you meet someone like I'm here, but I'm standing. And it's like, you know what, just be you and don't because then that other person is constantly feeling pressure. And that's not love. Pressure is not love. And force is our F word. Our F word in our family is force. Whenever you force something, you, you're going to sabotage it in the yeah. end. And so sometimes people stand for their marriage, but they're actually just being very aggressive and that I'm forcing this so that he's going to feel guilty every day of his life that he ever left me. And I like that. You know what I'm saying? There's right. There, this is back to the right and wrong and wise and foolish. Yeah. Like there's, we've got to ask the yeah. right questions yeah. here. And and again, I I would never ever judge the the individual because if they honestly feel that that's something God's asking them to do, yes. Because oh. I've I've seen people wait years. Twenty seven years you is know? the longest we've seen someone wait. Yeah, and, and they got remarried. And they got remarried. 
Yes. yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, and then we've and also so, seen people where they really needed to stop and move for move on. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Like, yes. I wish I, there was black and white on this, isn't. but there, there isn't. There's not, there's a, not a time frame, is there? There no. just isn't. Well, I there's a time frame that I would that I would suggest to an individual before they, if especially if they had have children, before they would ever involve somebody else, you know, in, in back into their life. Right. And so there, there are some parameters, so what, what would you guidelines, suggest? guidelines that I would suggest, but reconciliation, you know, requires two. Mm-hmm. And so forgiveness, that's my, that's my choice. Mm-hmm. Okay. It only takes one, but to reconcile, it requires two, but then there's a willingness on my part to involve myself with the consequences of another person's choices and be willing to wait as long as it does in their pain to be able to make a way out for them. Mm-hmm. And so whether they'll allow you to bring assistance or help or to be able to reconcile, again, their choice, but this is my willingness to feel their pain and I'll mm-hmm. stay there as long as it takes. When you said your guidelines, what we, yeah. we, I mean, you may have heard this before, but we suggest when people ask us, we say if there's been an end to something, at least give it every season, like one full year, every spring, summer, winter, fall, like experience all these things before. Like that was yeah. just- Like every, yeah. you want to have a Christmas where- Exactly. A birthday. A birthday, yeah. yeah. You, you want, want to have, have your had your anniversary, you know, those kinds exactly. of things. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Even, even if, you know, we've, we've experienced people, you know, that have been uh, widowed and, and it's just like, wait, you know, just allow yourself, allow your children, you know, although, you know, uh, if you have children, I would even highly suggest, you know, wait till they're out of high school, yeah. you know, and, and again, there isn't a, a right, right wrong, answer right, wrong for anyone, no. but there are some guidelines. And, and again, I think that's where we, as the body of Christ need to be very, very safe per, for people. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not that I impose my ideals on you, mm-hmm. but I want to walk with you. Yeah. Right. I'll be right. a friend. You want to cry? I don't need to be an answer. You know, when, when I, <clears throat> now I got it a little choked up there, yeah. but when I was going through the hardest time, of the crisis in our lives, um, my dad, I call him my silent strength. Never once did he ask me a question. How you doing? What's going on? Are you okay? You know, is there anything I can do? Never once. This, This is my dad, but he was always there. He was my silent strength. Mm -hmm. And I knew that he was extremely safe for me and that he wasn't going to force his way into my life. Yeah. But if I needed him, he was there. Mm -hmm. See, and that's what we need to be as the body of Christ. Safe. You know, it's not that we need to know all the answers for everyone. And have opinions. And and this is what you need to do next. And then you need to go. No, just kind of be quiet a little bit and just be there for people. And just let them, you know, feel safe, mm-hmm. you know, in your presence. Just being yeah. able to process in a safe place, right? Yeah. Because as they do that, yeah. you know, that gives them the, you know, they can they can go through process. Because I think too often people get caught up sort of midway, don't they? So yeah. is there anything kind of we're coming to the end of our time? Any closing remarks that you want to add? Any resources well, I- that you might suggest? 
<laughs> well, just one of the things is that, you know, for us, I mean, since, you know, uh, COVID-19, you know, things have really changed, you know, for us with regards to travel and doing conferences and so on. Uh, and those, you know, our schedules beginning to pick up a little bit, but here's what's happening is that when we go into churches, a lot of times they'll do a marriage event or a marriage weekend, yeah. which is really, really good. And I, I love that, you know, to be able to bring the emphasis, you know, for couples, mm -hmm. but as well, you know, we do relationship weekends mm -hmm. and that's because, you know, basically 80% of the things that we teach mm -hmm. are, is what everyone needs to be here. Not mm -hmm. just single, and so not when, just married. And so when, yeah, not just, you know, singling out the married couples, yeah. but as, as Christ followers, mm -hmm. you know, we all, you know, this is how God heals our heart. Mm -hmm. This is how we have healthy, right relationships, mm -hmm. you know, one with another. Mm -hmm. And and being family, being a part of the family of God, there's a place for all of us to belong. Very and good. That you don't have to, you know, be on the way of getting remarried or married for the first time or something's wrong with me if I'm if I'm not married or if I've been through a divorce. And it's just like, wait a minute, you know, there's a place for us. If, if we could really love our neighbor, that'd be pretty awesome. Yeah. You know, Very and good. just because the world is watching and it's really quite cool. And they'll know what? They'll know no you're Christians. You know, they'll know that you're a Christ follower. How? By the way you treat one another. Yes. Yes. And so I, I'm very, very um, thankful to be able to be a part of this series, yes. you know, that you're going through mm -hmm. because it's, it's through these topics that have typically been kind of taboo. They're there, but we really don't talk about them. But mm -hmm. I'm telling you, there's a place for everyone to belong. Mm -hmm. well, and I guess I just oh. feel really close to our C3 family and I and all of you. And if, if anyone is interested, we do have a weekly podcast called right. All About Relationships. Cool. And I just, it's sure there's some stuff for couples, but most of it is just all about relationships. Well, I think it's like you said, I mean, relationships are foundational to our lives. It doesn't yes, matter what are. level that is, child, parent, married, single, divorced. And you guys have been great at just giving us some keys to be able to begin conversations. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's not a complete conversation, right? It's the start no. and having initiated conversations that can bring some healing and wholeness to people. So, yes. Yeah, well, I did have one thing, and this is such a scheme, such a lie, and that is when you feel alone. Mm. And and <clears throat> for any of our listeners, mm -hmm. I don't want you to ever feel that you're at such a place where you're so alone that nobody would hear me, nobody would understand, and that you you would re, re um, become even more of a recluse and remove yourself to a to a further depth of isolation. And that is such a lie, you know. And so this is one of the, the dangers of the pandemic that we've yes. all been experiencing is this isolation from one another. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, hey, all I'm saying is reach out. Yeah. You know, good. we're here online, you mm -hmm. know, one with another. But I, I just want you to know that you're not you're alone. You're not alone. Yeah. Very good. Yeah, 
Thank you again so much for joining Thank us. You. Thank you. And uh, we will make sure that uh, your resources will type that uh, website oh, into the you. chat and so people we can love, have We love all of you. I hope so, everyone feels so loved by our yes. time together. We just want yeah. to keep being part of your lives. And That's Soon, all. hopefully, we can see each other face to face and catch yeah. up. Thank you, Bob and Audrey. Bless you and your family. And thanks for being part of this this morning. Thank you, Kim. Thank you. Bye, everyone. Bye.